I want to bring in our uh, next guest here, Phil Striebel, is joining us this morning, the Chief Market Strategist of Blue Line Futures, here to help us take a look at commodities. Phil, good morning. Quick take on the PPI number this morning. Can we expect the same shot in the arm as we got from the consumer figures last week? Sure, sure seems like that. I mean, look at the lot of larger uh, brokerage firms and banks. They had all just revised, lower their month-over-month -month estimates, quarter-over-quarters. So they're thinking that input costs are continuing to come down. We're seeing further disinflation of, you know, goods and services. So they're saying like 0.2% 0. Uh, 0. versus uh, 0. 0.4. So if we get that, we're going to build on this rally here today. Talk to me, Phil, because it looks like uh, crude demand forecast revised a little bit lower. Uh, OPEC, the IEA this morning, I saw some uh, figures coming out of. And crude, for the most part, while it's kind of been in this range, I mean, it, it has come off in reaction to these uh, demand forecasts lower. It's been a really good trading range, though. I like the March contract. I like the micro. When it gets down to 82.50, we've been buying down there. You know, you got a hard stop loss below $80 on okay. that contract. It's a lot smaller. I think that you can get those bounce backs up, back up. You get any kind of weather scare, you get any kind of like, you know, colder weather, you're going to see movements in the heating oil, natural gas, things like that. Uh, I wouldn't count the consumer out here at, at the moment. I think that. The, you know, OPEC's just trying to do what they can do to uh, balance supply and demand out. But I like crude oil to the upside. I really do. Sure seems like OPEC's back in the driver's seat here now, Phil. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I think that realistically we can get, you know, we, we're trading the March. We don't exposure to the, the December contract because it's got that time that's running out. It's extremely volatile, and these movements are, uh, in the volatility is higher in the front wow. month. So you want to go at least a contract or two out uh, there. So, But we think that, you know, you get anything over $90 on the front month, you want to take the dough up there. You want to reposition back in on these mid to low 80s, and that's just the way to trade it right now. You know, I look around and I see the dollar lower, crude coming off as well. So, you know, whenever that dynamic is playing out, it really speaks to the significance in terms of, well, in this instance, I think a lot of this is concerned in terms of China demand uh, and, you know, the fundamentals basically versus oftentimes we look to the dollar for that direction in the commodities. But, but crude, uh, the demand or uh, some of that uh, uh, backer deeper into story oftentimes plays in this instance seems to be the case. Yeah, crude oil has kind of bucked the trend on that inverse dollar relation. Yeah. It, it never really weakened up. We saw the dollar was one of the best performing commodities or, you know, futures, currency futures this entire year. It was other commodities that were impacted, all your precious metals. You know, even agricultural products, they bucked the trend against uh, the dollar, too. So, you know, you look at it was mainly the metals that were uh, impacted the mm -hmm. most and also U.S. equities and Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. uh, they played the strongest inverse correlation of the dollar. I'm really surprised the dollar is coming off as much as it is. But if you see the inflation data heat up in Europe and in other countries, and ours is cooling off, mm -hmm. naturally, those central banks are going to be perceived as more hawkish than ours, and the dollar index will come off. Those foreign currencies will go up because of the inverse basket relation relationship. So we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of numbers, a lot of headline risk, um, especially going out in early December with, you know, another round of CPI, another round of, uh, you know, Fed tightening. So... We'll see what happens here on the dollar. I, I think that the dollar might be a little bit oversold here. I'd be kind of cautious if you're going to jump in and short it at these levels.
You know, along the same lines of crude, a very dynamic market to trade when you're talking about some of the uh, contributing factors to price activity, the dollar as well, because uh, whether you're talking rates or, to your point a second ago, uh, some of what we're seeing in terms of the other foreign currencies directly influencing, as I say, the tail that wags the dog is uh, obviously the EU tightening up policy is an issue. We've seen a lot of activity out of the UK, the British pound, so multiple influences when you're talking about the dollar and the ripple effect associated with it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of those metals because gold in many ways has been a dollar story. It's been supported by weakness we've seen. Again, the greenback down to uh, 105 overnight and uh, gold's holding convincingly above 1750 at this point. Yeah, it's done really well. Same thing with silver. Silver's been real relentless to the upside. I got to think that part of this, um, this dive into the metals is you mentioned Bitcoin earlier in the breakdown in Bitcoin okay. and you know all those concerns about crypto exchanges, holding worthless cryptos. I think that people are really starting to th rethink their safe haven asset status, and, um, and and they didn't prove well as any kind of you know inflation gauge things like that. They're really a lever bet on the Nasdaq. I don't think that the, the institutions are just holding Bitcoin, so there's not a lot of smaller people affecting affecting trans get Bitcoin going back to the upside. It's more like a hodl here type of moment with I think with, I think, steady liquidation because people are going to need to raise cash and things like that. I think that people are rethinking it and they want to go back into things like precious metals, poor man gold right now. Joe's at 80 at the moment. It's come off since its recent high at 95. So it shows you that silver has really appreciated on the gold market. You know, it still needs to see breakdown in treasury yields, breakdown in the dollar in order to keep going. And a couple key levels here. We saw the 10-year yield just bounced off of 380. That's been a break. That's been, you know, recently a strong breakdown. It did cross below the 50-day moving average uh, just a few minutes ago, and then also the 30-year Treasury yields back at 4%. So if you start to get those dips below, you're going to see a bit of euphoria in the markets. Taking a look here at the TYX right now, it is back to that 4% level. And uh, Phil, the one uh, metal that you didn't really mention there was copper. I'd imagine with the China narrative in terms of some of the expectation these COVID policies could ease soon, while the data overnight, a bit of a disappointment. One could argue that's backward looking, right? Japan, I saw uh, the numbers were a bit of a disappointment. What was it, GDP out of Japan? And it looks like retail sales and some of the industrial uh, uh, production data out of China, ultimately, Asia, over night had some uh, poor numbers, but uh, copper has been faring pretty well. I'd imagine it's some of the optimism we've seen that's been lifting stocks, kind of giving uh, uh, Dr. Copper that bid as well, coming back into play. The only thing about copper is that I hate trading it at the moment, even though I'm active in that market, because I believe, I believe that it's because of the fact that China comes out and changes oh, yeah. the COVID policy yeah. narrative. And the thing does, it doesn't just move a little bit, yeah. it moves a lot. Luckily, the exchange launched a micro cop copper contract <laughs> that makes it way more manageable. I think if you're going to short copper, you're going to play like, you know, things are breaking down and economy's not as great. Fed's going to continue to be hawkish. You easily have a stop loss over $4 on copper. Okay. Use the micro contracts and you can even go out to March on that one as well. So, but yeah, the copper... I was surprised by the breakout. It was an early leader. It was the first commodity to bottom when it became COVID. Could be the first one to peak on, you know, this newer, uh, uh, if we get a slowdown and we get a slowdown on the profit cycle. But with Treasury yields breaking down, dollar breaking down, some optimism in the earnings right now, 
Um, and if we get weakening disinflationary data, you know, it's going to be tough to keep these markets down here at the moment. We could rally all the way to the end of the year. It's going to take CPI in December. It's going to take PPI. And if you get an uptick on jobs, which every every second I look, some other tech companies laying off 10,000 employees. So it's going to be tough to get a, a strong jobs uh, data going forward. Phil, quick take. We got less than 30 seconds. What are you watching in terms of grains? Oh, on the grains, I, I like corn to the upside. There's a seasonal buy right now. We did the call spreads going to February. They're the 670, 710 call spreads. So okay. uh, 13 out of the last 15 years, it's rallied up at the end of the year. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll have you back to check in on, uh, obviously, grain prices feed directly into that inflation narrative. Corn's going to start to go higher. Uh, we'll continue to watch that. Phil, always a pleasure. Thanks for sharing your Tuesday with us here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Phil Striebel, the chief market strategist at Blue Line Futures.